Good morning. Welcome to the Teddy Bear Show. It's a roundtable discussion with your host, Danny J. I'm going to tell you about a show that I watched last night. It's a um, it's a Christmas show, like, but it was more just showing a moral concept of just enjoying what you have. Um, it was a guy named George Bailey on there. And he, at the end of the show, he wanted to basically kill himself because he lost $8,000. Um, and he needed the money. Um, he needed the money to uh, continue paying the bank fees and loans because it's called embezzlement or whatever. And what initially happened was his uncle, who... Um, was getting ready to deposit the money, uh, had gave a guy that had been trying to take the company over for numerous of years. Um, he had gave him the money on accident when he had the wallet. I mean, the he had the money in a wallet and he was getting ready to just give it to the bank, but he had happened to put it in the newspaper and he didn't realize it until he got ready to deposit the money and couldn't find it. So he's looking all over for the money. And this has been several times that the bank has been struggling, you know, to stay afloat. But the guy who's been trying to take the money over for years ended up seeing the money in the wallet. And instead of giving them back to him, he kept it because he knew... Um, this will finally be the way of trying to take the company. Now, baby is looking all around and losing it, and he's going off on his wife and he's going off on his kids because he can't find the money, and he's thinking about committing suicide and all this other stuff, uh, trying to figure out how to come up with this money. But his suicide, his uh, funeral ain't nothing, but I think $15,000 is what he will get. And then it's like 500 in equity. So the guy, Mr. Potter, was not like, oh, no, I'm not going to loan you the money. Because he knew he'll be able to take the bank over, finally. Um, but the issue in the story is really uh, why he wanted to kill himself. It's because he's been trying for years and ever since he was little that he wanted to travel the world and build stuff and go to college and every time the opportunity knocked at the door for him to do so it just it just never could happen like the first time he got ready to start touring because he was going to tour the world then go to college um he started to go his father got sick and then, so he didn't go. And three months later, um, his father passed away and um, he was going to leave. But they tried to, they was wanting him to stay so he can keep the business going. Versus, um, uh, Mr. Potter was going to take it over then. So he stayed and took the money and sent it to sent his brother to go to college instead. So his brother ended up going to college and touring the world. All his friends ended up going to college and was making like money in plastic companies and 
um, going to France and Italy, everywhere he said he wanted to go, they end up going. So then here we are a third time. He gets uh, married to this girl that he's been liking his whole, whole life, and they get ready to go on the honeymoon, and the day they get ready to honeymoon, the market crashed. So now everybody's trying to take the money out of the bank and the building loan uh, company, and he ended up taking his $2,000 and giving it out to uh, the neighborhood of the people who's been helped building the company since the, his father been alive. So he... If he didn't have any money left over in the bank, then he will have to close shop and he end up having just two dollars that allowed him to keep the business flowing. And the people wanted to go to Potter, but like he was explaining to them, you go to the Potter, Mr. Potter, he's gonna keep you in them slum houses, he's gonna make you pay that outlandish rent, he's not gonna fix anything. He said everything that we've done over here, we have helped you to move forward we have helped you you know through times when you didn't have it but we knew because you were neighbors were family you know we're a community that you would give it when you do have it and because of that he did start you know flourishing in in the company wise of people being able to build their homes and you know live better but he still wasn't making all the ends like by the time he got through paying everything and you know little extras here and there for, you know, something. Um, he had barely $10 at the end of the month. And this house that his wife, well, at the time it was her, his friend, um, he wanted, she wanted to live in. And she ended up getting a house and just slowly but slowly but surely they start working in and fixing the house. And it became a beautiful house, you know, at the end of the show. And they ended up having, like, kids and so he never got to leave, even when, you know, people were like, oh, meet us down in Florida. He couldn't afford it. So Mr. Potter had, of course, Snake come up and said, well, I'll, I'll um, hire you and pay you $20,000 a year um, to, you know, be able to travel and take your wife places, you know. And as he sat there, he was excited because he was like, I finally get to live out my dream. And then once he shook Mr. Potter's hand and he, you know, you know how, you know you among somebody who just ain't right, but they always cover it up with sweet candy. Once he shook his hand, he was like, you know what? No, you always try to do this. And I know once you get the contract basically it's like if he got the contract right up he would have found a way to take over his father company so he said no i'd rather suffer than to do it so my end of the story oh i'm sorry there was an angel that had showed up when he got ready to kill himself in the beginning of the story this the angel is being shown uh george bradley's life and you know, all this stuff, and then it leads up to him when the angel finally was in the movie to help, you know, Bailey figure out why he wanted to live. So, um, the angel, you know, was really trying to help George, but he wasn't really trying to help. He was like, maybe if I just wasn't born, because at first he was like, well, if I kill myself, then everybody be happy. And then the angel was like, well, who is going to be happy? I know your wife's not be happy. Your children are not going to be happy. Your family's going to miss you. So why would you want to do that? So then 
he was like, well, yeah, I get it. Maybe I'll just never be born. So the angel erased him from the memory of any and everybody. And when he did that, they were able to go into town and the city was no longer named um, Bedford Falls. It was now Pottersville, which was that robbing old man. Uh, the people that he helped throughout the years, like um, uh, Martinis, it was a guy that went from out of the slum house into his own house um, because of George. Um, he was no longer there. Um, when he was younger, he worked for this pharmacy that lost a family member and he wasn't paying attention and he put the capsules of poison and was about to send it to somebody. But because George was there, he realized what he did and never sent the capsules to the boy. Um, so the boy didn't die. But in this version, because George wasn't born, the man accidentally did it. And he ended up going to jail for 20 years and became a bum. Um, his brother at the end of the movie was supposed to get an honorable award for, you know, saving the people in the military. But... When he went to his mom's house, he was, uh, you know, like, hey, this is me, George. And she's like, I don't know who you are. And then he was like, well, my brother, my brother can tell who I am. And the angel was telling him, like, no, your brother didn't live past nine because he fell in the glass and you wasn't there to save him. So the moral of the story to me is, you know, we complain about what we don't have and what we go through and all this other stuff, especially for those people who are human angels, where they're always there for people and always helping people and always doing this, that, and the third. Um, and just never seem like we can ever enjoy what we want to enjoy. And it feels so stressful, but we don't realize um, the amount of people that we have helped. And if we wasn't born, then you just don't really know what a person would have gone through. It might nine times out of ten be worse. Like, um, in the show, and at the end of the movie, you know, because Mr. Potter had called the police and tried to put out a warrant for him because they said he stole the money or he must have gambled out and this, that, and the third. But the people should have known him well enough that George wouldn't have done something like that. But, you know, you never know. People crack. So, you know, you have to still follow law back then. And um, by the end of the movie, his wife had went out and called everybody and told them what was going on, that the uncle had lost the money and George is in a lot of trouble. And it was people from, he didn't think he could ask, you know, one friend who he really didn't think was his friend sent him $25,000. The, um, pharmacist that, uh, would have accidentally, um, um, gave the kid the poison. He gave him a lot. He gave him almost $8,000. And the crazy thing in the earlier in the show, when he saved the, the young man from being poisoned, the pharmacist had gave him the $2,000 to go on a trip with his wife. So, even though he never got to leave out of Bedford's Fall, he built Bedford's Fall. He kept, he kept Bedford Fall. So, at the end of the day, you know, in, in today's time, he would have became the mayor forever, you know, uh, because he kept the city together. And everyone in 
Bedford Fall came, and when I say they dropped so much money on that table, you know, he thinking he would have killed himself, and it would have been better off, and he thought he was going to jail, it would have been better off, but once he realized what his purpose was and what he meant to the people of that city, it changed everything, and his brother, because he was coming in town to get an honorable um, award uh, for Purple Heart, and his brother came in and was like, I stopped what I was doing, you know, to get my award in New York to come straight here so I can be here with my brother. And, you know, you think that you're not doing enough, but you're doing so much and uh, you still don't feel alive. But the people around you are ecstatic because you're there, you know, and he told him. That my brother, George Bailey, is the richest man in Bedford. And, you know, that goes both ways financially, but just being love at heart. And I said that movie touched my soul because I, I sometimes feel like that. I'm always doing for people. And I just really want to take a few trips. But it it never pans out in a way that it's supposed to. And I always say, you know, I think God doesn't want me to leave out of the U.S. and travel like that because he know I probably won't ever return. And that will probably be a devastation to my family and friends because I am George Bailey. I mean so much to them, but because... Like George Bailey, I don't feel complete because I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do. You know, and throughout the whole show, that's all he kept talking about, you know. And the the pot, Mr. Potter kept reminding him, like, oh, you never got to take your trips. And everybody else is living the life that you wanted to live. And that made him so frustrated. He even had said... To the point, like, why did I even have all these kids? Or why did his wife wanted all those kids? And, you know, she was an amazing woman because she never took it to heart. She just knew he was troubled because he was always happy, even in his misery. Like, he even was helping this one girl. I think her name was Violet Black. That, I mean, she loved her some George Bailey. She wanted him so bad. And, you know, she always would hit on hard times and he would, you know, give her money to help her out. And she wanted to leave out of town and he gave her money to leave and she decided not to leave. She gave she the same money he gave her to leave. She kept she she gave him back the money if it was to help him. And Mr. Potter was trying to make a rumor that he was having an affair. But as again, people know, George, George is not going to do those type of things. So. I hope listening to this, it helps you in any way that if you are here doing miraculous things for people and you just feel empty and you're not um, feeling like you are accomplishing things, just know that you're somebody's human angel. And without you being here, life wouldn't be great. And you know, because we're also in a time where Christmas is supposed to be spending money and you don't have anything to give and people feel bad. And 
That's not what it's supposed to be. That's why I don't celebrate Christmas because I don't want my children to feel like if they don't if they don't have Christmas toys, then it's not Christmas. And we have more than enough to buy leverage and extravagant gifts. But when I say I used to spend three, four hundred dollars on Christmas gifts for it to be in the container, in the closet, as always, or they play with it once a month, that's a waste of money. I could take that money and we can like go out to eat or go see like an amusement park or go to some type of attraction or something, you know, and... Uh, you know, see another state, you know, do things like that instead of buying toys. Um, take them to go snorkeling or feed animals or something. And it's funny because I know a person that always complains that they're not doing too much, but they don't realize how much fun they actually have. Like they go on a lot of animal trips, like the zoo and the aquariums and out to eat and they're at the movies all the time but for some reason they just never feel like they're fulfilled and they actually do a whole lot more than I was ever able to do with my children for the last three or four years you know so whatever happiness you think that you don't have think about what a person is unable to do too and think about all the stuff that you actually do do so that is my topic of today. I said I'm going to cons- work on being consistent and every morning I'm just going to ramble about something until I get comfortable enough that I remember to do it every day without, even if it's not in the morning, it's just the fact that I'm doing it every day. Even if it's just every other day, just do not go a week, two weeks, three weeks without talking or do it one day and then don't do it for like five days. I don't want to do that. So I'm working on being consistent. And if me being consistent helps somebody else be consistent, then that's a joy. So I thank y'all for listening. Uh, Listen to what I say. You don't have to take your life. You don't have to be unhappy because you don't have the things that you think other people want for you. And even if you're unable to take the trips now, you can most likely do them later. Because if you're 20 and 30, if God don't take you now, you still got 40, 50 years of life. So you can still do it. And people who are 65 or driving RVs around the world and still enjoying life. You can still live after 35, after 50. So I'm grateful that you take the time not to listen to me. Always pass love and tell someone that they're beautiful. You have a great uh, rest of the day and you have a better one.